Welcome back, everyone, to the Low Side Podcast. I'm excited to get into announcing episode two's guest. Uh, but before I do that, I just wanted to say thank you um, to anyone who's listening who's maybe supported or liked a photo or shared a photo or bought a shirt. Um, you know, I kind of started this brand on a whim uh, because I felt like, you know, there was nobody out there that was designing golf based, you know, lifestyle apparel, um, that kind of fit my day to day needs. And, and so it kind of came out of my own personal necessity more than anything. Uh, but it's been pretty neat and interesting to build a community around that as well. Um, so I, I'm super thankful to anyone who's supported in any way. And for anyone who's spent their hard earned money on a shirt or on a piece of uh, low side apparel, I, I'm truly grateful. Uh, it's a pretty pretty cool feeling each time, you know, somebody I've never met before that has no connection to myself that isn't just trying to support, um, you know, buys a t-shirt and I get to ship it out all over the country and to, you know, see the people who are doing it and, and interact with the people who have found us in whatever way has been really, really cool. Um, so I just appreciate anybody who's done that. Secondly, my guest this week is, uh, my best friend, really, um, and a guy I've known for a long time, Jonathan Truman. Uh, you know, I know Jonathan more as a person uh, and a friend than anything, but a lot of people know him as, you know, a middle linebacker at Kansas State University. Uh, incredible guy, incredible athlete. His accolades kind of speak for um, themselves, but he was a two-time uh, all uh, second team, all Big 12 selection. He was selected as an academic uh, All-American multiple times. Uh, he was a Burlesworth finalist, which is an award given to an individual who came to their university as a walk-on and earned a scholarship. Um, and more than anything, he's, he's just a really humble kind of laid-back guy. Uh, so we get into, as probably what most people would like to talk about, football. Uh, and his experience playing for Bill Snyder at Kansas State, and then kind of transition a little bit into uh, golf. And Jonathan has not played golf very long, uh, but he and I did play together, have actually played together a couple times this summer. And uh, I will say his progression uh, for a guy that's maybe played, you know, less than 100 holes of golf in his life is, is pretty impressive. So I'm excited to see where his golf game goes. And uh, I think everyone will enjoy the interview. So here is to episode number two. Uh, enjoy. All right. Hey, John, I uh, appreciate you coming on and joining the podcast. Thanks, man. Happy to be here. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, Jonathan is a, a real good friend of mine. Um, been good buddies since way back in high school. Um, but so I'll, I'll know your, a little bit of your story and I'll know some of your answers. But for anybody who might be listening that doesn't know um, your background, can you give like a brief overview of who you are? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, like Michael said, uh, him and I have been you know, best buddies since high school. Um, I think a lot of um, what I've done in the past um, and what I love to do now, obviously, Michael and I are both huge sport uh, fans and um, I that was one outlet of mine that I really um, enjoyed doing is, is, is sports and so I played football I wrestled in high school um, you know I had a good time kind of found that as my outlet to express myself and and really you know have a good time that was like my 
my thing. You know, I, I did well in school, which is very important, obviously. Um, but, you know, sports is something that has always been important to me and I've learned a lot of life values from it. Um, so, um, I guess from there, you know, I had a, had an opportunity to, to walk on at Kansas state, didn't have any offers out of high school. Um, could have probably gone Juco, um, or maybe D2 or something like that, but I wanted to, you know, push myself and, and go somewhere bigger. So I went to Kansas state, um, played there, um, started off as kind of a special teams guy, um, and kind of, you know, earned my stripes that way. Um, and then started my junior, senior year, um, was a captain my senior year. Um, and, you know, kind of went that way. And obviously, uh, after that, just kind of wanted to try out a little bit of the, the professional side of things. So I had to try out um, with uh, the Miami Dolphins. Was there for a very, very short time. <laughs> um, and then went up and played a little bit in Canada. And after that, um, I was engaged at the time to my wife now, um, Taylor, and um, just decided that it was probably time for me to hang it up and, and focus on know really what's important in life and obviously sports are very important but I had other things that were pulling me away from it that were more important like like her and, and our life together and obviously a career and, and somewhere else because obviously sports are going to end for mm. for somebody at some at some point they're going to end and you know you have to be prepared for that um and so just kind of moved on from there and we're, we're living in Omaha now um, what do you what do you do in Omaha? Right now, uh, I actually just recently got a job um, a couple months ago, um, um, working with a, a medical device um, co- company there. Um, so it's it's really really interesting. I was a kinesiology graduate at Kansas State, so it's really it's right up my alley. Um, just knowing I'm, I'm in surgery every single day, helping surgeons, helping scrub techs, helping nurses with with our products that they're using uh, in the surgeries, but also um, just being there and being available for anything that they need. Um, and so it's, it's very interesting to see those kind of things and being in the operating room. Um, it's, it's really fun. It keeps me, keeps me excited about it. So Nice. Uh, you mentioned in high school playing football and wrestling. Mm-hmm. When did you start? At what age did you start each of those sports? I started playing football in third grade. I uh, started wrestling the year after, so third grade for football and fourth grade for wrestling. <clears throat> I played baseball. I actually started baseball um, when I was like t-ball when I was really little. Um, liked it; it was fine. But then once I started football and wrestling, those were like very physical sports, um, and I really, really enjoyed those. And when I went back to baseball, you know, when baseball season came around, somebody had hit, you know, a, a a double or something and I'm standing at first base or whatever and I just had to watch them run the base and I like couldn't do that like I wanted to like step out and tackle like what they're just scoring runs I can't do anything about it so that's kind of when I knew I was like I don't think I can play baseball I need some more you know contact some more physicality Who, who got you started in football um well funny story my um so my brother is three years older than me. Um, he started in sixth grade, and my dad was actually taking him to go sign up for tackle football. 
And so I like weaseled my way in. I begged my dad. I was like, just let me ride with you guys. I just want to like ride along, just tag along. That's all I want. Cause they probably won't have a team for third graders. It's fine, whatever. And <clears throat> when we showed up, there was a sign up for third grade football. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like they actually have a team for me. And so I talked my dad into it. And so we, the, he signed me up and my brother up at the same time. I got, I got home, was so excited. I like, I ran up to my mom. I was like, mom, they have a team for me. And like, she like almost started crying. She was like, oh my God. <laughs> she so, didn't want you yeah, playing. She didn't want me to play that early. And so, but that's like, it was like by accident that I started playing football. And from then on, it was like, just a love of the sport and just a love of the game. And I had a great time. What positions, what positions did you play as a kid? As a kid, I was running back and linebacker. So, um, and yeah, just, I loved, I loved, you know, running the ball, scoring touchdowns as a kid. And, you know, as a kid, that's really what you love is to make big plays. And it's not, you know, it's just like a fun time to be out there and stuff. So uh, in third grade, you started playing at what age did you start to realize like, one, I'm pretty good at this and two, maybe, you know, getting into high school and and potentially further, maybe there's something in this for me. Well, we, that's a good question. We, we had a pretty solid group of guys and you know, some of them we went to high school with like when we were in sixth grade, we had like a city league team and we won the city league and we had been playing with each other for three years up until then. And like, we were pretty solid and we were doing really well. And that's kind of when I knew like our team is good. Like, you know, and we're all, doing pretty well and that's what makes you start thinking of at that level you're like okay well what could I what could I maybe do in high school because that's the next level you're not really thinking of at that point I wasn't even obviously I was dreaming of playing at a D1 university Mm -hmm. somewhere Um, but at that level you're thinking man I'm going to go to high school and I'm going to be good in high school Um, and so but we all split up and played for our own middle schools at that time and but we played against each other and stuff and so I think our you know my goal is to just be you know really good in high school and see where that took me just kind of taking it one step at a time and obviously having a goal in mind but keeping those goals attainable and reachable um and knowing that once I achieve those goals set new ones that are higher and so that's kind of what I did from you know high school through college and and still today so getting into high school when did you start playing and making an impact at in the at the varsity level um so I started at linebacker it was kind of like a hybrid little linebacker outside linebacker free safety almost um that how the defense was run uh, my sophomore year in high school um our freshman team went undefeated you know, we, we ran the table as freshmen, you know, against other freshmen in our league. And once our once our season was over, there was still the, the varsity, and the varsity was actually still in playoffs. And so from the su- success that I had as a freshman, the coaches were like, hey, you know, we want you to suit up for varsity and play on the special teams as mm-hmm. a freshman. And so for, like, the one – we lost our one playoff game, and for the one playoff game that we were that we played at, I was on kickoff, I think, maybe punt or something. Hmm. I, was, I know I was on kickoff. I remember that. Um, but so that was exciting for me. It made it more 
realistic for me knowing, okay, they they see that I'm doing well and they're rewarding me as a freshman just to play a little bit, you know, that kind of set the tone for me the next three years playing and, and as a sophomore starting, knowing like they believe in me, you know, I should step up to the table and step up to the plate rather. Gotcha. So at, so at you know, <clears throat> sophomore year, what, 15, six for you, you were 15 during mm-hmm. sophomore year football mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. What, so sophomore year start, junior year start, and then senior year start. What was the biggest difference physically? I mean, at 15 years old, you're you're yeah. not even you're still developing versus yeah. being an 18 year old. You're kind of turning into a man or becoming yeah. a grown man. What was the biggest difference when you look back on it between starting your senior year and then starting that first time your sophomore year? Um, yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, you think about and it, it goes back on into wrestling too, because that's such a physical sport, wrestling. And I wrestled varsity all four years, and you can you can tell. I mean, you're barely wearing anything. You're wearing your singlet, right? And so you can tell when people are freshmen compared to when people are seniors. Um, and so it's the same with football. You're you're out there. There's a lot of you know big developed kids that are 18 or whatever playing against some kids you know that are talented, but they're younger and less developed, obviously. Um, so I, but I think the biggest thing with me, obviously I got, got bigger, got faster, got stronger. You know, those are things that just happen with time. Um, but I think the confidence level is the biggest Mm. thing. Um, and as a sophomore, I didn't really know any better. So I was confident myself, but I went out there and, you know, did pretty decent things and stuff, but excuse me. Um, but yeah, just as a senior knowing, you know, this is, you know, I've, I've done this before. I've started, you know, two years prior, and it's caught up to me now that the, all the physicality um, that that is seen, you know, when you are young. Nothing was going to surprise people, you, yeah. Yeah, to where you're like, all right, I've, I've seen this two years now, and, and now I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah. You know, I'm the bigger, faster, stronger version of, you know, what I've been the past couple of years, and so... That's kind of probably the only difference is the the confidence level compared to this is my first year starting. There's seniors that I'm starting above. Like you don't want to step on anybody's mm-hmm. toes, but when you're yeah, all those senior, dynamics yeah. go away. Mm-hmm. Um, you at the beginning you talked about not having any mm-hmm. offers out as a senior. Mm-hmm. You know, transitioning from that last year into college. When what did your recruitment process look like, or how did you go about it? Um, so I really didn't have a whole lot of help, um, from coaching, like coaches or anything. A lot of, from what I've seen now, you know, a lot of high school coaches are very active in the recruiting process and actually, you know, making highlight tapes and sending them out to whoever and calling colleges and really trying to promote their kids that they believe in. Hey, this kid is doing the right things. He's on and off the field. And I think he'd be an asset to your program. Well, I didn't really have that. Um, I made my own highlight tape. You know, we had Huddle at the time. It was new. Mm -hmm. Um, We had it at the time. I got on there. I knew nothing about what college coaches would want to see. I just threw together. I just clicked, you know, highlighted different, different plays. And I was like, okay, this is a pretty decent play. This is a pretty decent play. And made it into a little thing. And printed off a bunch of DVDs, sent them to every single Big 12 Hmm. school, 
sent them, you know, just myself, just tried to send them everywhere. And, um, you know, as a sophomore, I got, um, you know, I get letters, you know, which doesn't really mean a lot, but you get letters from a lot of different places and stuff. And, um, as a sophomore and junior, I really got, I got recruited hard from KU. Um, and well, Joe Bob Clemens, actually, he's now the D line coach at Oklahoma state. He was at KU at that point. Okay. And so <clears throat> great guy, great coach. How did he, he find out about you? He was the area recruiter oh, for Wichita gotcha. for KU at the time. And so he was recruiting me a little bit, sending me stuff, sending me stuff. And at my whole life, I kind of, I would, I preferred Lean in towards K-State. I always preferred K-State over KU. And so I was like, man, but I'm like, you know, if that's, if that's going to be my only offer, like, yeah, I'm going to go mm-hmm. there. Like, uh, you know, we'll see, whatever. And now saying that, it kind of, it, <laughs> it tasted bad coming pain. out. Yeah. But you know, I was like, well, shoot, if, you know, if that's the only offer I'm going to have, like that's scholarship, that's, you know, free tuition, whatever. And, um, luckily he actually made the move back to K-State. He played for K-State. Gotcha. Um, and so he, when he moved to K-State, then I never heard from KU again. And he started recruiting me from K-State. Mm. And so that happened. I was like, oh, awesome. This is more of my, you know, what I feel comfortable with. Cause I always kind of like K-State. Um, and so after that, there was, after the junior year, senior season, you know, there was, uh, you know, a lot of interest, went, went to a lot of different visits, was at a bunch of different games and visits and stuff like that, but the offer just wasn't there. And I, I, it was kind of frustrating. It was really frustrating really. Cause you know, I felt like I deserved it and I felt like they were giving me the attention and then, you know, it was just like, Hey, you know, he had that conversation with me. We don't have the scholarship for you. And they said, you know, we'll we'll give you a preferred walk-on, which basically you don't have to try out. You're on the team, but mm-hmm. you're just not on scholarship. Um, and if you do well, you'll get a scholarship within the next year, I'm sure. Like, he just knew, like, that was just him. That was him speaking off the cuff saying, like, I feel like yeah. this is okay. I know your ability. And I, and Go I, prove yourself. Yeah, and so I was like, Okay, like that kind of hit home with me. I was like, I I feel ya. So I was like, all right, you know, just kind of, you know, it hurt obviously that I didn't mm. get the scholarship, but that kind of was a chip on my shoulder too. Lit the <clears throat> lit the fire a little. Kind of lit the fire even more, thinking like, you know, nothing's given to you in this world. You have to earn it. And I really thought for the longest time that no kid out of high school should get a full ride scholarship. Full ride scholarship. I feel like. Because I've seen way too many five-star, whatever, yeah. quote-unquote five-star, show up, and they're gone within the next few months. And th- that's what I was going to ask you. So it's been seven, eight years since you've actually gone through the recruitment process yeah. yourself, and you mm-hmm. said something like Huddle was brand new at the time. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who doesn't know, Huddle's kind of a, a, a digital recruitment tool and a way for coaches to look at players. Um how do you feel about like the commercialization of what has become like high school recruiting and, and high, five, like you said, five-star <clears throat> athletes and just yeah. the whole theater around mm-hmm. a guy who has actually never done anything yeah. on a collegiate level? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gotten to a crazy level. I mean, obviously you can watch a kid on film and you like, it tells a lot about them as a player, but it doesn't tell anything about their work ethic or anything about them as a person. Yeah. And, and those things are obviously what 
college coaches care a lot about when they that's why they want you to visit that's why they want to see you talk to you know your family know your background all that kind of stuff you know the the film is obviously important because that's what you're doing that's that's what you are producing out on the field is your playmaking ability whatever um but there's so there's so much more to it um you as a person and can I trust this kid mm-hmm. at the time? Can I trust this kid to do what he needs to in the classroom, in the weight room, on the field? And, like, you really have to build that trust with, with coaches once you're there. And I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of things out there now that just focus so much on measurables. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are important. They, they play a role, obviously. Um, they only then, take you so far. They only take you so far because yeah. then once you show up, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. It's a brand new game. Like that's why when I showed up to K State as a walk on, I treated it as it doesn't matter if I'm a walk on. It doesn't matter how I got here. The 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 reality is that I'm here. I'm here, and I'm going to do with it what I can. Gotcha. You know, I'm going to make the best of it. Really, and so that's. So you talk about measurables and all that, and you know you went to K State. You played for a guy that, for anybody who knows college football, knows he's not Kansas State's not quite on the level of the Alabamas and the USC's and kind of that top tier, but probably as steady of a football program under Bill Snyder for the last almost thirty years as any program in the country. Mm-hmm. How has he been able to do it with? the type of kids he recruits and the the kind of restricted area he has to recruit within. Yeah, that's yeah, that's always the everybody's call everybody calls, you know, coach Snyder a wizard or whatever because, you know, he he gets two star, one star, no star recruits and you know, they end up doing well. I mean, obviously the players are incredible athletes still. I mean, they're just not found. Hmm. I I mean like cuz you know that the coaching is great. He's Coach Snyder surrounded himself with some great coaches, position coaches. Obviously, I had you know a great position coach and Coach Cox um, as the linebacker coach and at the time. And it's just like, but at the same time, you have to have kids with the ability as mm-hmm. well. He's not picking you know farm boys out of nowhere that have never played football. Don't know before. how to play. Yeah, I mean they, and so but. There is a specific point to that, like how we were talking earlier. <clears throat> he, Coach Snyder does care about, you know, how good of an athlete, how good of a player they could be, but he also cares about what type of person they are. Mm. And it's it goes back to the trust thing. Like, can I trust this guy to develop? Like, he doesn't expect so many people out of high school redshirt at K-State because he doesn't expect you to play right away. He thinks, you know, can I trust this kid to work his butt off and and develop and be who we want him to be mm-hmm. when the time comes? And so I think that's kind of how K-State's really done well with lower-rated um, athletes out of high school is because they see the potential, they work on it, they coach them up. We have a great strength and conditioning program. Coach Dawson, poor Meredith. Those guys do an incredible job, um, and it showed with me too. I showed up at one, 
I think I weighed like 198 or something out of high school at linebacker. What'd you, what'd you graduate at? I graduated about, I think the most I ever weighed was about 228. So I was hovering wow. around 225 and 230. Um, and obviously that goes down during the season. You lose a lot of weight yeah. during the season. But, but I mean, that's significant weight that you put on as the right weight. I mean, it was, we were lifting a lot and we were, we were doing the right things. And it's like, if you can get, if you can put on 30 pounds and be faster and stronger, it's, it's, it's important. So. Most people are trying to lose 30 pounds, not <laughs> yeah. gain yeah. 30. I know. It's definitely come off pretty quick after I'm done, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, favorite stadium you ever played in, other than in Bill Snyder Family Stadium? Yeah, that's a good one. Other than that one, obviously, that's a, that's, that's a good one. Um, I would say one of my favorite ones, and I think the games, not only the stadium and the atmosphere, but I think the games whether you win or lose or how you won or lost definitely plays a role in whether you like that stadium or not. So uh, I don't think many people can say this, but I never lost um, in Norman. Huh. And so I was 2-0 in Norman, and I think that was probably one of my favorite places wow. to play. Um, Bob Stoops did an amazing job there, and I think he had – what like probably single digit losses at home right oh yeah there was a time where like in 10 years i think he'd lost five or six home games yeah and two of them were us at the time which is awesome (laughs) um and but the atmosphere was just insane like their fans are awesome and they're they're very classy fans Mm. too you never got the never got quarters thrown at you or where'd that happen at (laughs) well uh texas tech actually i had (laughs) Texas Tech was was a fun, really fun one to play at, but their fans are they get pretty rowdy, rowdy, which I don't blame them. I mean, good for them. I don't care. But one one time we were running in the tunnel at Tech, going from I think it was halftime. We were running in the tunnel. All of a sudden, how they have the tunnel is it's kind of covered with like this tarp, but there's still like a little a uh, little space where like the fans could like stick an arm out or mm-hmm. something. In this case, it was. To, uh, somebody's parts and decided, <laughs> really? decided to relieve himself and urinate and try to on top try of to the hit, team try to hit some of us and it just kind of went down the wall oh I don't my think, gosh i don't think it got anybody thank goodness but that was a joke kind of an ongoing joke but that was like the week after they had uh vandalized i think ou's bus when they put like um cow manure or stink bait or something in there so i don't know if there's any tech fans listening to this but (laughs) if there are you guys really need to get it together and (laughs) that that's coming from an lsu fan so uh, i don't i don't hold it against you i love the i love the team so so that's that's a real that's college football in a nutshell it it may be a little excessive but it's all based on passion Mm -hmm. and and just pure fanhood um you said Norman as your favorite place. Was it the loudest? Um, that's a tough one. I would say it was. It was probably close to. It's a little bit opened. It's a little more opened up though. They have that one side that has <clears throat> that kind of has the some end zone. space. Yeah, yeah. That end zone. Um, I would say, um, and it's also just depends on what game. You know, if it's a bigger game, it's louder, but. Oklahoma State, which are two Oklahoma schools that I'm talking about, <laughs> but theirs is so dense and compact. It's so small. Mm-hmm. Like it seems the, pl- the fans are like 
right ten feet behind the players. Right behind you, and they got those big paddles, and they're smacking. And, like, that's a really cool place to play, too, because you're just, like, your backs are literally against the wall, and there's fans slapping a paddle right behind you, and you're like, man, this is intense. It's it's fun to play there. Is the noise... As a defensive guy, I guess on the road, you're not going to necessarily yeah. have a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I guess when you're at home yeah. and it's third and 10, mm-hmm. you know, in the fourth quarter and you're up three, yeah. is the noise something you actually hear or notice while you're playing? Or is it just kind of drowned out in everything that goes on? Well, so, yeah, like you mentioned, it's the noise is way worse as a defensive player when you're playing at home, yeah. which is good because you're trying to the fans are trying to mess with the the offense, you know the opposing offense, and sometimes it you know it works out. They have to call a timeout or whatever, and that's great for us. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, sometimes it's. Well, I mean, we have a lot of like when we were there, we would do you know we would have signals to where like if you couldn't hear us, you know if I was talking to a a safety behind me, I would have to give them some sort of hand signal or something because we had to, you just have to work around it. And obviously the louder it is, you know, we like it, but sometimes it does mess with our communication. Even on the defensive side. Yeah, because we're like, you know, we got to get everything lined up. We have to make sure our checks, you know, we have to just make sure everybody's lined up and gets the play call. And if it's a big down and the, and the, the keys are out, shaking the keys, and the fans are going crazy. It's like we got to get it, get it together, guys, and make sure that everybody's on the same page. And so, it's good. We we loved the no, we loved the noise back then, but it was, uh, but it is something that you have to kind of think about a little bit. Who's the player you had the most respect for, uh, or that when you watched, you were like, man, that guy's just unbelievable in in your five years. Uh, opponent, yeah, that we played against, or if, that you played with. <clears throat> but out of anybody you saw on a football field, who's the one guy that you think back now and go, "Wow"? Um, well, it's it's easier to to talk about teammates because I always like to praise them. But like, um, so I'll start with that one, and then maybe I'll think of. Well, so let's do one from K State okay. and then one from an yeah. opponent. Um, so it's it'd probably be a popular fan fan pick. Um, but Colin Klein, oh, um, for huh. us, like it, it's it might be a cliche answer just because he was a Heisman runner-up or whatever, and we won a Big Twelve that year. But the way he played the game, you could tell he cared so much about winning, cared so much about his teammates, and you know he was bloodied up. You never see a quarterback that beat up mm-hmm. ever. And the one thing that I would, that I think of when I think of Colin is how genuine he was. It was, it was crazy. Like somebody like him, like as a football player, you would think it would be maybe life of the party outside of football. And, you know, I was, I was only, I was only playing special teams really that year. I think I was in on a couple of, a couple of different packages on defense but I was young I was like a redshirt sophomore maybe and um he treated everybody the same it was just (laughs) a great great dude now he's he's quarterback part of the team yeah yeah now he's makes sense that he's still involved and I could I mean he's he's gonna be 
he's going to be great at coaching because, I mean, he just relates to a lot of people because, you know, he's not – you'd think of him, and he's, like, a, such a good person, very, very strong faith and everything. You wouldn't think, like – you know, you, you start to think of maybe Tim Tebow or something. Mm-hmm. And some people like him, some people don't. So he's, like, hard to relate to sometimes. But, like, Colin can relate to a lot of different people and just know how to communicate with people. And that, that goes a long way as a quarterback and as a, you know, team captain and somebody that can just speak to all um, teammates and stuff. So that was... That was what about opponent? Opponent? Um, there was a lot of them. It's funny now watching on Sundays because there's so many, like, a lot of teams that are playing and I'm like oh I played against him like you know oh I'm glad he's doing well I played against (laughs) him or whatever um but somebody that's that was tough to hmm there was quite a few if I could try to narrow it down to some of my uh later years then maybe but I mean we played against quite a few guys that I mean, DeAnthony Thomas at Oregon when we mm-hmm. played them in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, that was somebody on film that you were just like, wow, like he he can move mm-hmm. for sure. And then he ran, off, ran the opening, ran the kick opening off kickoff back on us. And yeah. Uh, but I mean, there is, I mean, and it's, there's, there's a long list of them. I mean, you know, we played against RG3, you know, played against um, a ton. It's, you know, a ton of them. I, I just can't even think of there's, there's yeah. so much. But um, I think the one thing to speak to this and probably the reason why I can't think of just one person to really just say this is the guy is because our defensive coordinator at the time, um, Tom Hayes is still there, uh, would always tell us <clears throat> these guys are nameless, faceless players. Mm-hmm. You're playing against nameless, faceless opponents. So literally, we like were so focused on our goals and what we were doing, and obviously we're game planning against their their skill set and yeah. their skill sets and their offense and their plays to where we're not like, well, obviously, to take that back a little bit, we know like oh if this guy's lined up in a different spot something's going on mm-hmm. you know but. We weren't so focused on, oh my gosh, this guy's in, or like, you know, they're, you know, so and so is lined up at, you know, Wildcat or something. Oh my gosh, he's he's so good or anything. We were just like, well, this is their next form- move. Yep. This is the formation of nameless, faceless offensive players, and we're lined up to it correctly, and we're gonna go make, make the, play. the play. So that's I what, like that. Yeah, because and that's something that that we kind of took to heart and then we played against a lot of really talented players but it's like if you line up correctly and you execute your assignment it shouldn't matter who's across from you you should be able to make the play and obviously there's some exceptions some guys will make plays Mm -hmm. offensively and will make some plays defensively it's just i think that's probably the biggest reason i can't think of like anyone individual i could go back if i had some time and there's probably some there's a bunch of guys that are in the league now that we played against, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You were on the winningest class of Kansas State football. Your four years or so. five years was the winningest five-year stretch in K-State football history. I think so. I'm not sure how many we averaged. Uh, we went to five straight bowl games. Um, yeah, there was there was a 
Yeah, I can't really think. I know I, there was something like that. <laughs> is it pretty cool to look back? I, obviously, you don't live in the past, uh-huh. and you know it's been a couple of years, but mm-hmm. still being involved with the program and a fan yeah. and a supporter, is it pretty cool to look back on it and go, man, what we did was pretty special? It is cool because, I mean, you look at what they have now, the team, with the the new the brand new complex that they have and the locker room and weight room and um, that west side which we it's cool obviously it would have been nice if that stuff was there when we were there we had that west side press box our last year which was nice but you think about that huge part of the stadium that was torn down and rebuilt into something insane um, you think, yeah, that would have been nice to have, but at the same time, like, we were there when we were doing so well that people gave money to the program for us to mm-hmm. build that. So, like, a little part of me, try, not trying to be, you know, narcissistic at all, but, like, part of me thinks, like, you know, we were involved in building that because, yeah. you know, we did our job on Saturdays and the fans got behind it the boosters got behind it and they were like, I'm in the support of a program that is yeah. doing success well like breeds yeah, success, support. It really does. Success. Yeah. Builds stadiums. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's, that's really interesting to hear from your perspective. Um, when did you, did you go to the NFL combine? Uh, no, no. How does that, how there. does invitation for that work? Um, so I think, you just get like a letter in the mail. Who who sends that? Is it from the NFL office? Or? I'm not really sure. I think the only people from our class that went was Tyler Lockett and BJ Finney. Um, Tyler is with the Seahawks now, and BJ's with the Steelers now. Um, I think those are the only two that went. That I so, but you went to K State Pro Day. Yeah, yeah, we we're at Pro Day. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, again, not to sound anything, I mean, I think my numbers, all my numbers, I felt pretty good about it. And again, it's just like when you go back to the measurable side of things, I mean, I'm 5'11", I'd like to call myself six foot when I played, but I can be honest now, I'm about You were a program six <laughs> foot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, you can measure me with my cleats on <laughs> yeah. and I'd be six foot. That's how I play, right? Um, and you know, so short, you know, not the most athletic linebacker, you know, just somebody that gets the job done, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But, um, you know, but my, my 40 was up there on that, you know, bench was above average vertical was there. I mean, it it was all there. So I, I performed really well in, in our pro day. And so I felt good about that stuff. So you talked about the Dolphins even just at minicamp for a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. You know, going from high school to college is a jump and certainly a little more serious, but Mm -hmm. you start talking NFL, you're talking an occupation. Yeah. What was that like transitioning from, you know, I've played my last game in college to do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Not for the rest of my life. Do I want to do this as a segue into Mm -hmm. my future as a career? Yeah. And that was something that was like, you know, after we had lost um, the Alamo Bowl against UCLA in 2014. It was, you know, I was like, man, like that, you know, I was being honest with myself. Like that could have been the last, that this might be the last time I played football game, you know, competitively. And um, 
And then, you know, I was just like, kind of like, you know, talking with some people, um, those next couple weeks afterwards. And it's just like, you know, it won't hurt to just, you know, give it a shot. Might as well, you know, you could end up being a special teams guy for a few years, whatever. All right. So I started training and stuff. And so, you know, when I, when, when the Dolphins gave me an opportunity to, to try out there for that mini camp, um, you know, I felt good about what I did. At the same time, I went back to the hotel room almost every night, and it was a battle. It was a struggle mentally for me um, because I, I like, really would sit there and be like, do I really want mm-hmm. to do this? Like, um, it was tough because that's something that my whole life I had thought that I wanted. Maybe there's a chance. or Yeah, and then once I was there... And I saw the talent that was there. I mean, there's obviously, I mean, it's the, it's the best talent in the world. It's the NFL. Um, and I could have seen myself, you know, maybe being a, a special teams guy or something, or, you know, may, maybe making it a little, just a little longer than I did. But, um, but that wasn't it for me. It was just kind of like, I don't know if I, if this is really for me, you know? And so, it didn't work out, you know, they said that I, you know, performed well at camp, but they're just gonna, you know, if you, if I ever need anything, let them know, hopefully they can get me somewhere else, and I was like, okay, thanks, but after that, I kind of knew, I was like, that was kind of my last, mm-hmm. that was kind of my last hurrah, I thought, you know, like, well, I gave it the shot, I can say that I, you know, trained and tried, and, you know, that was it. Um, so after that, you know, I just kind of went about my, my life and, um, had a good summer and then ended up getting a call randomly from my agent. And I was like, you know, Hey, it was this, this was in the fall. I mean, they were like halfway through their season. Those Toronto Argonauts were like, Hey, some, you know, there's a linebacker that got hurt, but you know, I might be able to play. He's like, but you know, they want to bring you in just to like, get to know the system in mm-hmm. case you need to play whatever. And so I was like, I'm not doing a whole lot else with my life. Might as well just go up there and see what's, see what's going on. And so I was just on the practice squad there for two months, maybe about maybe not quite, but um, it was just like right towards the end of their season, right when they, they lost the um, one of their playoff games in Hamilton, it was uh we had the meeting, team meeting afterwards, and the, the GM at the time, I don't think he's there anymore, was just kind of like, well, what's your plan? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, did, I you st- did you still have that gut it. feeling? That, yeah, like, maybe. yeah, because the whole time I was like, man. And, and it was tough because I was living out of a hotel, too, yeah. and it was just kind of like, oh, this is a drag, kind of. And uh, so they were like, well, we'd like to get a contract together for two years. And I was like, man, my fiance at the time, wife now is in dental school. And so she's stuck in the States, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like she couldn't move up there with me for the season. And it's seven months out of the year. Yeah. I was just like, you know, it's time. I was like, I can't, <clears throat> you know, I can't do it. And I told him right there, I was like, well, I have to get some time to think about it. Cause I didn't want to say no straight mm-hmm. to his face, but, um, when I got back, you know, they got a hold of me, and I just told my agent to tell him no, and they did, so that was it. But. 
So we'll kind of wrap up on football. You know, I know it's a popular question to ask. I don't even really want to ask it, but what are your thoughts on the state of the game as far as like mental health and mm-hmm. concussions and some of the symptoms <clears throat> that, and I know you have some background mm-hmm. on the helmet side. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts as far as the physicality and the state of the game from a safety perspective? So, yeah, the, the game is it's safer than it's ever been right now i mean that's that's without question in my mind i mean they're going the i mean everybody's going about it hopefully the right way um i think right now there's just so much unknown about the human body when it comes to concussions and the brain and you know when you break your arm you break your arm Mm -hmm. you can see it you can feel it you can there's so much evidence there. But when it comes to concussions, it's all about how do you feel? Do you what are your signs and symptoms? And it's so easily manipulated by the player saying, "Well, yeah, I'm dizzy and throwing up at night, but but I'm good. I want to play." Yeah. So, I'm not going to tell anybody that. So, um, but I think everybody you know, at a high level is going about it the right way. And the game is safer than it's ever been. I do agree with some of these, you know, targeting rules and things like that. You know, that there's really no room for that in the game, mm-hmm. obviously. Leading with your head and stuff like that. It's like, okay, I could get that. But, you know, when I heard rumors about them trying to eliminate kickoff and punt mm-hmm. out of the game and stuff, I'm like, that's where I that's where I started mm-hmm. at K State was special teams. Like, if you get rid of special teams and kickoff and punt, like there's so many people that just won't have a chance to mm-hmm. prove themselves, you know, at that level. And so, you know, there's some rules that obviously are, are good and they need to regulate. Um, but, you know, at this at this point, you know, I really think that – so they came out with that um, – they came out with that study. The CTE, CTE yeah, right? 99% or whatever. 99%. So it was, it was 111 people that they tested – and 110 of them came back saying mm-hmm. they CTE. Well, what people don't realize is they actually took, so the the population that they polled were only players that had Potential CTE, yeah, exactly. So one of my buddies um, kind of brought this analogy up. Um, so it's not mine, but I thought it was awesome. So, so basically it's like, trying is testing people like testing people for the flu and you're only pulling people out who are nausea, Showing who have nausea symptoms. throwing up weak all this all these symptoms and then 99 percent of them actually came out to have the flu well yeah i mean but yeah. if you're the pool do, is yeah it's shipped it's yeah. skewed in order. and so and so there's a lot of people well everybody that plays nfl is gonna have cte well no i mean it's just <clears throat> You know that that study because they only pulled people with makes sense with the symptoms already. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's definitely something that needs to be monitored and watched and take care of the players because that you know I mean they're they're the ones you know they can't need they can't you know make it so much of a um, entertainment. I mean these are humans. These mm-hmm. are people. These are. They have dads and husbands. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can't just make it about money, which it's 
become so mm-hmm. much about money where the owners and things like that are just well it makes a lot this of guys money hurt too. next one's up whatever and it makes so much money but i mean it's it's more than it's more than that and i think the players and their families and their wives understand that and i think there's they're starting up some groups and stuff to help with that kind of stuff so. you don't have kids yet if you <clears throat> when you do have kids and if you have a son will you let him mm-hmm. play football yeah yeah for sure i'll let him play um whenever he wants to whenever he's ready if he wants to if he doesn't then he doesn't Mm -hmm. you know i mean i'm i'm not one to i never got pushed into it i was i was begging my parents to (laughs) play football take me just in the car yeah Yeah, i'll go ride with you guys yeah so um you know what i'll just support them and whatever they do and i think that's normal i think that's what that's people what people should, should do. do yeah i think that's you know not the case in every family you know and and the, you're not going to end up if you force your kid to play football just out of example football is the sport if you force any, them yeah to any play sport that, really. they're not going to find success like yeah. if you want to live through them and see them succeed whatever forcing them is not going to do anything because they're going to re- they're just going to resent it so like most, you know, transitioning, I guess, maybe young professional, <clears throat> middle 20s age males, you've transitioned from a football player into a yeah. golfer. Um, <laughs> not sure any of your teammates would have ever expected that one back <laughs> in the day, but this is a golf podcast. Um, so we'll kind of bring it back to that in some capacity. When did you start playing golf? Um, well, let me think. <laughs> It's it's interesting because I think I played one time ever um, in high school, just one time, maybe nine holes or something. You went with, and swung clubs. I you went and swung play. clubs. <laughs> I didn't keep score, just swung some clubs, didn't know. It weren't my clubs, obviously, just like went around just to hang out with some people, whatever. Um, didn't really start until like two months ago. <laughs> and this is... I don't know, when is it, August? August so, 10th, I think? Yeah, so maybe the beginning so of this summer, summer. around June. Um, so not long ago, I I actually, we played today, Michael and I played today, 18 holes. We did, we did play, and little side note, I don't think that Jonathan hit the ball as well as he would have liked the first 17 holes that we played, but... <laughs> On the 18th hole, he hit a 250-yard kind of line drive rocket in the fairway. <laughs> On his second shot, he hit a six iron that drew perfectly into the hole to about 10 feet. And uh, he walked around the hole, read the putt, and nailed the birdie for his first ever birdie. First so. ever birdie. I'll give you some props yeah, on that one. Yep, I was pretty pumped. I was really excited. Um, so today we played 18, and it was probably the fourth time I've ever played 18 wow. holes. Um, I will, for a guy that's played 18 holes four times, he can certainly advance the ball far enough <laughs> forward to you know be a competent golfer. So I think you have plenty of potential. Yeah. So I it, golf is. I mean, it's so challenging. Like now that other sports are done for me. Um, I really enjoy just the 
competitive nature of golf with yourself. Like you're competing with yourself. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the people around you, you want to have a better score than them. But in this case, I'm not going to beat you. Mm-hmm. Not yet. <laughs> it, so, it'll come eventually. <laughs> and so like, but it's something like where every single swing, like you could have a great hole and then the next hole it's just terrible, and you're like, oh my gosh, and then you have to forget it and go to the next one. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's just very, it's very competitive with yourself. It's a very mental game. It's a, a big mental game, I feel like, and it's just like, it's fun because anything could happen on any swing, and you're like, God, I hope I don't mess up, <laughs> which <laughs> is a lot, of, a lot of it for me. Who's your favorite pro golfer? Do you um, have I don't know. I'm so new to it. Like, I don't even know if I could name, like, 10 off the top of my head. He's probably, he doesn't play anymore, but, like, you're always, you're always going to be a fan of John Daly. Oh, very. Like, he does, he's playing <clears throat> this weekend. Is he? Yeah. He won the PGA Championship, okay. like, in the early 90s, so he's exempt, yeah. and he's oh, playing okay. in okay, the tournament. I didn't know if he was, like, still going at it, or yeah. if he was just he, kind of he's playing around. He plays a lot on the senior tour. Okay. So, once okay. he got past 50. Big fan of him, just because, like... He's one of those guys where I can relate to because, well, not because he's a great golfer because I'm not, but because he doesn't, like, take himself too seriously. Yeah. And, like, I can't take myself seriously on the golf course because I'm not good. Yeah. So, like, but he's a guy where you're just like, okay, I want to be like him on the golf course, but I also want to be good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to be, you know, I want to have some beers. I want to have cigar. I want to make a few putts. Goof, yeah, yeah goof, <laughs> goof around like he does and also be good like he is, which is really, really hard to do. I actually met John Daly um, in Augusta, Georgia at the Masters. He parks his RV outside of a Hooters, like <laughs> a couple blocks from the entrance to the tournament, and sells merch for like 10 oh, days. That's sweet. And whether you want a signed picture or a t shirt, you, you better be paying to get a a photo with oh, yeah. John Daly. So that's awesome. Um, he, he's a classic guy. Classic. I think everybody, a small mm-hmm. part of them, cheers for John Daly. Yeah, you gotta you gotta respect him. You know, I mean, it's just do you like, watch do you watch golf? Not a typical golfer. Um, not a lot. Um, recently I have since I've like kind of picked up on golfing here and there once every week once every two weeks or whatever i've been um so if it's on tv i'll watch it just maybe i can pick up on something i like so you know in other sports football in particular you watch film Mm -hmm. so i feel like anytime i can watch somebody swing i can try to pick up on something so i'm on instagram and i'm like following certain instagram accounts (laughs) and like they're posting all these people different people's swings and i'm like Okay, and I can kind of like, I just watch swings over and over. I'm like, okay, maybe I can do that, or maybe this is different. You know, maybe I can adjust somehow and make mine better. I think that's definitely a good place to start, especially like you said, four rounds in. Mm -hmm. You know, the way that you hit the ball looks like somebody who's had a lesson or that's Mm -hmm. been exposed to the right way to do it. Um, Do you have? This is a question I ask everyone that comes on. Do you have a <clears throat> course that you would like to play anywhere in the world if you had the opportunity to? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I just don't know a whole lot of them. Gotcha. Um, I've heard, um, so I was able to play Cory Oaks, like right outside of Lincoln, mm-hmm. um, just a few weeks ago for a scramble with a couple of buddies, and it was beautiful. Um, 
And that was like, the thing is, when you go to like a really, really nice course, the ones where you want to go to, they're so much harder too. Yeah. <laughs> so like, So like I could play a course, you know, that's not as nice, but I won't lose as many balls. Or I could go to a really nice one and you know be frustrated if it's not in the fairway then it's in a forest that you'll never find or the water you know so um but yeah that one was really nice i know there's one uh, i since i live in omaha now there's you know some that i think about there's one in like valentine nebraska that's Hmm. it's um huge it's called the prairie club it's a i guess oh i've seen that yeah i guess it's super nice i think there's three courses some of the guys that i know we're talking about and they're saying it's super nice it's it's like a top hundred yeah, that's one that I would like to go to. It's like in the dunes. I yeah, think. it's almost in South Dakota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's probably one just because recently I heard about it. and have, We'll have to have make that trip. That'd eventually. be sweet. Yeah. Um, last two questions. I ask this to everyone. <clears throat> Favorite sports moment that you were competing for, that you were on the field for? Um, well, I'd probably have to go with um the when we beat texas um in 2012 to to seal our big 12 championship in Manhattan. yeah i was at that game yeah yeah i ran ran into you on the field field. (laughs) and i don't even like k-state but my girlfriend now wife at the time uh, has K-State family, yeah, and they had an extra ticket. And I remember I, that. <laughs> at the time, I had never stormed a field. Didn't even tell me you were in town. No, didn't even know I was there. I'm running around in K-State gear on the well, field. We got our phones taken away, too. So and ran into to John. Um, so I remember that game. It was, yeah. like, super foggy. Yeah. It was yeah. kind of this eerie, uh, weird night in late October, November. Yeah, I made it. I mean, I made a ton of tackles on special teams. I was feeling great, and then it was, like, you know, we don't have, you know, the Big 12, is, since they only have 10 teams, you know, it's like a, everybody plays everybody, and there's not, like, there wasn't, like, a Big 12 championship mm-hmm. game, but basically we knew if we win this game, we win the Big 12, and so we won, and they had the stage out there, everybody rushed the field, it was awesome, it was a great time. Um, another one, too, was the the only bowl game that we won was big it was the Buffalo Wild Wings bowl against Michigan so like that's a big name school for yeah. us to be it was a big pretty big deal for us it was fun down in um, in Arizona we played at the Sun Devil Stadium and Tempe yeah they had a really cool like tribute to Pat Tillman and oh their, nice in their tunnel and stuff it was Did a you really get free cool Buffalo game. Wild Wings oh yeah after the <laughs> game like we were waiting the whole time we were down there for like a week. Right, it's Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. We're like, where are the where are the wings? <laughs> and we're like, I don't know, what the heck. Finally, I guess you had to win the bowl game to get them because when we get back to the hotel, it was like tables upon tables of different wings. That's almost better than the trophy, <laughs> yeah, or the ring or whatever you I got. I know for real. It was like, all right. Um, last question. So, favorite moment you competed in? What's your favorite sporting moment that you've ever watched or witnessed? Ooh, favorite sporting moment to ever watch or witness. Well, um, man, there's a lot of them. Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. I'll think about, I obviously revert back to football. Mm-hmm. 
And then I, like, think of all time, so I always go back to, like, when I was younger, mm-hmm. you know? I just, it's like, a little nostalgic. Yeah, yeah, and so um, my my dad has always been a St. Louis Rams fan, even from when they were Los Angeles. Yeah. Now, now they're Los Angeles, but from when they were Los Angeles the first time, he was a big fan. I don't know why. And so as a kid, I was, you know, a fan of them, too, just because he was. And so when they won the Super Bowl... Was it 2000? 99 or 2000? 99 or 2000. When they there? beat the Titans? Yeah. The I think Titans. it was 1999. Yeah. And so... And the Titans were was one probably, yard short. Yeah, that was probably like one of the one of the more fun times to watch them. They were the greatest show on turf yeah. at the time. You know, Kurt, Kurt Warner, Warner, Isaac Bruce. Marshall Falk, Tory Holt. That was a good team. Yeah, that was a good team. And so, you know, when they tackled him at the one-yard line where he reached the ball out. But he was really down. They called it a touchdown with the back. <laughs> that was, like, a big, big time. I remember watching, like, play-by-play, play, like, this is when he caught it. This is when his knee was down. But where's the ball when his knee was down yeah. and all that? And so um, that was probably one of those times that I think of. That's awesome. Like That's a, a big, good memory. I, Super Bowl. Yeah, I think when any, anyone answers that question, it always has a little bit of personal, mm-hmm. you know, flair to it. And yeah. it's always usually something – you know, that takes you back to something a little mm-hmm. nostalgic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, this was awesome. I appreciate your time. Do you have yeah. any question? Any questions for me? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, what? What? Who's your favorite golfer? I guess I never. Oh man, yeah, that's an awesome question. Uh, favorite golfer? You know, I have to go with Tiger. Um, yeah. all time. Yeah. Obviously, he's not playing right now, but mm-hmm. Tiger for me was the guy that. You know, my dad started me <clears> playing. Um, and you know, when I first got into the game in the late nineties was Mm -hmm. when Tiger really got going. Oh yeah. And so there's countless tournaments and Sunday evenings watching, you know, him do something super special that I think back to and go, God, the guy was just unbelievable for so long. And Mm -hmm. obviously as an adult now and understanding, you know, a lot of the things he's going through, hope that he can get back. But I, I think you appreciate more what he did when we had oh, it. Yeah, for sure. My favorite current golfer, I have to go with Ricky. Like, oh, yeah. Ricky, and when Ricky first came out, I didn't really know if I was going to like him. Like, pretty flashy. He was uh-huh. kind of different. Yeah. Not a style that I would ever do. Um, but the more that, you know, he was around and started competing and winning, and you, you know, with... Cut his hair. Yeah, he cut his <laughs> hair, grew the stash. <laughs> with social media, you get a lot more exposure into, like, who yeah. these guys actually are as people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've followed him on social accounts for a while, and I had a conversation with this with someone else. He seems like a genuinely good dude mm-hmm. and a guy that, you know, would be cool to hang out with. He's an incredible golfer. I think yeah. he gets... I think he's underappreciated still. Like, people appreciate him for... The flashy stuff, and they don't realize how good of a golfer the guy actually is. Yeah. Um, so my favorite golfer right now is is Ricky Fowler, um, but there's a lot of other young guys I like. Um, Smiley Kaufman, he's an LSU guy, so mm-hmm. I pull for him. There's a guy named uh, Harold Varner the third. Um, he's and I don't even say this for this reason, but he's I think maybe the only African American golfer on the tour right now. Mm-hmm. Who cares? I don't care. The dude has like a super bubbly personality, super outgoing. He's really young too. He's part of that like young generation. So yeah. I'd say Ricky, uh, Smiley, Harold, and then if I have to go with a veteran, I'm gonna say you can't not like Phil. Yeah. Like you got Phil too, is kind of he's running out of gas, but every time there's a small window, I hope yeah. that he, he yeah. can do it. So mm-hmm. 
Um, that's sure. way more than one. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. well, I appreciate, it, man. Um, yeah. Thank you for your time. Thank you for kind of sharing yeah. some of your story and um, Low Side Podcast. Of appreciate course. it. Thank you. So, see ya. See ya. Okay, that's a wrap on this week's episode of the Low Side Podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, feedback, criticisms, uh, please reach out to me. My email address is michael at lowsidegolf.com. I would love to hear what anybody who listened thought and any way we can do better. And lastly, if you have a guest or or would like to be a guest, please reach out to me. Uh, We're looking for as many interesting people and interesting stories to tell as possible. Um, Not always around golf. Um, but, but usually with some bit of golf thrown in the middle. So, uh, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.